grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today is from Revelation, the seventh chapter. One of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these clothed in white robes, and where have they come from? And he said to me, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in His temple. And He who sits on the throne will shelter them with His presence. Dear friends of Christ, you know, today our pyramids are white. And, of course, that usually represents Christ. And it does today. But it also represents something more because the saints of God are wearing white robes. And, yes, white is the color for this day. White something that is so easily stained. And today is kind of our memorial day for the saints. And we remember those who died in faith, those who believed in Jesus and were made holy by His blood, breathed their last, their bodies put into the grave, and now their souls with Him forever, waiting that day of resurrection of all flesh, when their soul will finally be reunited with their bodies for all eternity. And you've known some of these saints. They're members of your family. They are our loved ones. They died. They died believing. And we believe what Revelation says about them. Indeed, they're blessed. They've got it made. We'll never know They will never know pain, suffering, sickness, death, tears, depression, never again. This is exactly as the hymn writer expressed it, O blessed communion, fellowship divine, we feebly struggle, they in glory shine. And Scripture talks about that shining glory. In Revelation, gives us a sneak peek, gives us a preview of heaven. And of course, a glimpse into the glory of those who died in Christ are now, who are now living in His presence. We call it heaven. The Bible calls it the new heaven and the new earth. After Christ's resurrection, after Christ's return, we will live in our new glorified bodies, bodies that will never die, and we will live on His perfect earth. And so our theme for this morning, the white-robed saints. The Apostle John gives us this insight. I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages. You can imagine the whole earth, right? Standing before the throne and before the Lamb. And these saints, these people who trusted and believed in the blood of Christ, they're standing and they're singing and they're celebrating and they're rejoicing and they're praising They join their voices with the angels and the archangels, indeed the whole company of heaven, lauding and magnifying the name of God. And they sing salvation's song from Revelation 7. We we, we sing it too in our liturgy. We call it, this is the feast. Listen again to our salvation song. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. And that heavenly host stands before God 
wearing white, white robes. In case you haven't noticed, I am accustomed to wearing a white robe. White. It's difficult to keep clean. You know, it's, it's one of these things where little stains. I had, I had a, the, the flood, and I've got a little dark thing here. It just never goes away. And, you know, if you, if you hug one of our huggable members, sometimes it gets stains with makeup, <laughs> little spots of makeup. It's easy to get stained. It's t- difficult to keep white clean. Now, stained clothing is one thing, and we shouldn't cry over stained clothing. But there is a stain which we should cry about. It's, it's the black stain of sin that lives within us. That black permanent stain. We can't see that black mark, but it's there within. We're conceived with it. In fact, we're born with it. And we reaffirm that blackness, the blackness of our soul, every time we hurt someone with our words. We reaffirm the blackness of our soul every time we use God's name in vain. We reaffirm the blackness of our soul every time we curse. We reaffirm that darkness every time we lie or cheat or steal or sin. And our tongue reaffirms that darkness. Every time we grumble or gossip or complain, Sin has contaminated us, polluted our soul, and we're filled with it, but it's a sin we can't see. It's hidden. Good luck trying to get rid of a stain like that, because there's nothing on earth. You can work and you can work and scrub and scrub. There is no bleach for the soul. You can live, pretending that it's not all there. That's not going to go so well with you. You're only fooling yourself. And these sins carry consequences. A sin-stained soul is, is more than just a bunch of terrible mistakes. A sin-stained soul can separate us from God, has a potential without faith in Christ to separate you from God forever. That, in, in, that internal black mark has a potential of keeping you out of the pearly gates And that's a perilous, dreadful, hellish place to be. So let's take another look at the saints. Why? Because they live inside those pearly gates. They were once sin-stained like us. But now, they stand before the presence of God. They live in the presence of God. And just as you see me right now, that's how John saw the, saw the saints. That's how real it was for him. He saw the elders standing before the throne. And one of the elders said to him, These, the ones coming out of the great tribulation, this mighty throng, they've, they've come out of the great tribulation, they've washed their robes, and they've made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Now why are these saints wearing white? You know, because the blood of Christ has cleansed them, right? The blood of Jesus has washed their sins away. Their stain has been repaired. The darkness has been removed. Again, they stand before God. They're holy. They're right. They're complete. No wickedness in their flesh. 
They're pure. It wasn't always that way. They used to live among us. Every white-robed resident of heaven, every saint of God, has come through the great tribulation. You say, what's the great tribulation? This is the great tribulation. You're living it. Why do we call it the great tribulation? Sin. Sin, suffering, pain, sickness, death, tears. We're living in it. It's a constant battle. The great tribulation. It's a persecution you bear for carrying the name of Jesus. When people laugh at you and mock you for righteousness' sake, yours is the kingdom of heaven. The great tribulation. It is that temptation that you endure on a daily basis. Yes, it's a daily struggle. Every day I battle with my sin. You do too. That temptation. It's a struggle. It's a battle. But not only our sin, the sin of everybody around us. A great tribulation. It leaves us with heavy hearts, and it can leave us with tears in our eyes. We don't belong in a place like this. We're the children of God. This isn't our home. We don't belong here. Paul wrote about it in our epistle. He says, now if, now we know, not our epistle, but Paul wrote about it in, 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 uh, in, he said, now we know that if this earthly tent, which is our earthly body, if this earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not made by human hands. Paul says we're a homeless people. A homeless people. Living in tents. And we live each day in temporary circumstances. Do you realize that? Everything you're dealing with is temporary. It's all fleeting, passing. This place is not permanent. This body is not permanent. One day we will have permanent bodies. One day we will be in a permanent place, but not yet. One day we will be in a place that is our home. But this isn't it. In this life we struggle. This world is a great tribulation. We're under the curse of sin. And Paul writes about it. I've fought the fight. It's a fight. It's a battle. I've fought the fight, the good fight. I've kept the faith. I've finished the course. The word for fight that Paul uses there is agonizo in Greek. Agonizo. What does it sound like? Agony. That's where we get the word from. It's an agonizing fight. And you've, you've gone through that share of agony. Paul went through his share of agonizing suffering and pain and struggles. He wrote about them. We commend ourselves in troubles and hardships and distresses, in beatings, imprisonments, and riots, in hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger. Life is difficult, agonizing. But Paul knew the truth. The agonizing things of this life, they're temporary. This is one of the reasons why Paul was also able to say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. 
It's temporary. And Paul looked forward to heaven. He writes, There is in store for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. Now I want you to think. The Lord has a crown of righteousness in store for you, a crown of holiness, a crown of perfection in store for you. And Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. You have a a place prepared for you. Our crown of glory, or we could say our crown of righteousness, or we could say our crown of life is an inheritance. One day we will live in that brand new land, in a brand new body, We'll be wearing the robes of white where there's no sin. John writes, death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. Behold, I'm making all things new. You know, as believers, that's what we long for. We long for to be in the presence of Jesus. We long for Christ to return for the resurrection of all flesh. And again, Paul writes, so it is with the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown or buried in corruption. It's raised in incorruption. It is sown and buried in dishonor. It's raised in glory. It's sown and buried in weakness, but it's raised in power. And that's our confidence. Such is our hope. We live in that, right? Rejoice. Rejoice and be glad, Jesus says in our gospel today. One day we will be wearing robes of white, standing before the Lord, singing songs of praise in eternal victory. Indeed, this is All Saints Day. And we get a sneak peek behind the pearly gates. And we see that great multitude gathered around the throne of God. And most importantly, they're celebrating. They've got it made. They've survived the great tribulation. They've endured. They've come out, exited, finished with all suffering, pain, sickness, and death and tears. They went from tribulation to jubilation. These are they that have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Of course, that sounds strange to wash something in blood. Blood normally stains things, but not Christ's blood. It's different from our blood. His blood has the power to take away that dark stain. The stain that hides in the most stubborn places, in the most hidden recesses of the soul, the most hard-to-reach places, the most difficult stain the blood of Christ removes. Stains that nothing else can erase. Comes into our darkness, and His light, the light of His glory, shines in the dark recesses of our soul to bring the light of Christ in His glory to His saints. And that's why we don't fear sin. We don't fear sin. We honestly confess our sins. We humbly repent of our sins. We turn away from our sins so it doesn't dwell in us. But we let the the blood of Christ throw through our veins. In our very being, our souls are whitened and brightened by His grace. And we may not be wearing those robes of perfection yet. But our souls are made perfect in the blood of Christ. He makes the phallus clean. The cleansing of Christ's blood isn't something that's hard to imagine. 
It's very real. And we need the real thing because we have real sins. And that's why Jesus invites you to come to his altar, to take, to eat, to take and drink, all of you, the cup of my blood which is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. This soul-cleansing, blood-reviving, sin-stain-removing blood of Jesus is offered to you in the Lord's Supper. Real blood for real sin. Real cleansing for a real life that lasts forever. And it's here at this altar that your soul is whitened. It's here at this altar that your soul is purified in the blood of the Lamb. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.